CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sun Joke All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sun Joke All. Hello and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTRLive, and look for this show as hashtag leadership. Today's topic is leading by taking a step back. And our guest for today's show is Teresa Schuhart, who's the uh, Deputy Chief Information Officer with the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Good morning, Teresa. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm just doing fantastic, enjoying the interesting weather patterns here in Chicago. Life is good there? Yes, very good, very cold. Great. And uh, we have uh, William Hanlon, who is the CIO and Senior Vice President at Republic Services. Good morning, Bill. How are you? I'm doing great, Sanjog. Very good. So interesting uh, topic that we have picked up. While it's pretty cold out there, but we have to keep charging ahead. And when we use the term charging ahead, that means that somebody has to lean in or that's how it's interpreted. But what we wanted to do on this show is to say, how about leaning back a little? Because if you try to go way too fast in a given direction, you might be missing out on some things which are more important. So with that said, uh, Terry, the first question for you is, we are talking about lean-in as uh, a, a trend or a fad or, or things are being written about it. People are making millions just talking about it. But do you think that's where the real value gets created when you are just charging with blinders on or maybe not even blinders on but moving at warp speed? Yeah, I, I think you, it, everything is always about balance, and you always need to be keeping in mind the vision of where you want to go. And there's times where you need to push your team, um, you know, in a fast-paced forward motion, but there's other times where you need to be listening and seeing when you need to pull back or when, when they're overwhelmed or where you need to actually provide more support. So to me, it's really all about balance. So uh, with the word balance that you've used here, Bill, when you look at the word balance, do you think you might promote it to say everything in moderation is good, but do you think it gets skewed towards what is the sentiment out there where how much fear, uncertainty, doubt is that with people or some people are overzealous, so they just go all out and they forget the balance part? Uh, sure. There there are those individuals who uh, – who don't understand that they'll be assessed and, and um, really their their career will be based on on delivery, uh, not in the quality of delivery, um, not so much uh, the amount. Certainly, we are as CIOs, um, we're always geared toward toward projects and delivery. Um, but I agree completely with Teresa that that balance is important. You know, just the being a leader, um, the term itself to lead uh, means not necessarily pushing, but but leading by example. And uh, just as it's important for for all leaders and executives to have balance in their life, you have to ensure that your staff has that balance as well. Now, that's, that's uh, greatly uh, articulated by you, Bill. So, Terry, when you look at the real life, right? Right now we are having one hour off from our real work. Do you 
get a chance and does the environment today's world allows a chance to basically lean back and take those couple of hours every day, not like once in a month, once in a week, for us to say what is going on, take a breather, and then get some sanity and do the right things for the right reasons. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's it's actually required. You have to take time to see, you know, where your team, you know, have you accomplished what you set out? Do you need to recharge? Do you need to, um, you know, meet with them more to to kind of lay out what the vision is? So, it, I mean, if you don't take that time, and I, I think this goes for everything. It's whether it's your family, your career, or even on the job. You need to... Um, continually take stock of where where things are and what what adjustments you need to do. So what you just said, uh, Terry, is that this is what we should be doing. Interestingly, a mm-hmm. lot of people, a huge percentage of people are not able to do it. So it is more of an intent issue, inertia issue, or capability issue. I, I think it's, I mean, if a lot of people just don't, don't think they have the time to it, but if you put your mind to it, it it's only going to help you. So I, I have always, through through my career in family life work, have has always made time to find out, you know, to have those conversations almost with myself. If if I'm, you know, always having a plan, but and seeing where I am in there and what can I do differently. But you have to plan it. It's no different than continually learning. You have to make time to continually make yourself better. Bill, when we meet people in a social setting or maybe in a work setting, in either case, from an outside in, you can watch what may be happening for people who are leaning in big time. But many times people fail to recognize themselves on where they are going. Is there... Uh, something which is happening, which is preventing us? Is it our DNA as human beings that we don't know what we are doing always? Certainly. Uh, I, you know, I think you have, you have obviously type A, type B personalities, and you, in, in those social settings, you, you can almost see the, the people who you, you can uh, assume the people who have that imbalance of work that are always always driving their teams and you know are are relentless about it and unfortunately those are individuals who are not going to be effective leaders they may be effective in the short term they may be effective in terms of certain project deliverables but over time they're they're going to lose the the support of their teams uh, and we we are only as good as, as the teams that uh, as our teams. So um, I think that you you especially if you're a, if you're a type A if you're constantly saying what what's the list of things that I need to do today? What are the things that I need to do this week? It's it's important for everyone to have goals, but you you've got to take that step back and you've got to say, do I have the right balance? Does my team have the right balance? Are we still delivering? Are we still aggressive in our time frames? But am I pushing too much? It's just it, it's human nature. If you're that 
type of personality, and, and many leaders are. So we all have to do uh, a little bit of a, uh, a check on ourselves from time to time to be sure that the pace and cadence is right, not only for ourselves and our work-life balance, but also, and more importantly, our groups. Terry, when we look at leaders, and Bill uh, well said about the, the leaders and what we have to do to check on ourselves. Now, Terry, when you look at leaders, even I have a team. So for that team, I might be driving them in a given direction. And yes, I might be type A. I would like to get certain things done in a certain way, and we use this phrase very often, uh, lead by example. So I'm trying to say, let me do that, and let me put in the right type of effort to get something done, and let me have those other people also be uh, driven by the same sentiment. But it could come across as somebody who is driving that person to out of balance. Where's, what's that fine line? I, I think it's part of being a good leader is really, you know, putting those big stretch goals out there for your team, but also being real and listening. I mean, to me, listening and, and learning what that group needs and how you can help. I, I'm a big proponent of the, the concept of servant leadership, where you really were there as leaders to really make sure the team can be successful. So we can help push but we also need to really be in tune and listen and see where that team is struggling and where they need where they need help. So sometimes they may need you, sometimes you know you don't need as much. But I've been with a, a leader who's had real great, strong ideas, fabulous things, but just kept pushing the team over and over. I mean, there, all that enthusiasm was just drained because they were just pulled in so many different directions, and then ultimately there was failure. So you can't just be out there talking about the ideas. You need to be looking at what you can do to help support the team. That's very interesting, because I think many of us deal with that challenge. So, uh, Bill, if you had a recipe for saying that, okay, this is a company or this is an organization where there are a ton of different ideas. All organizations have a lot of different things they want to accomplish. And yes, you have to start with ideas somewhere. When, when is it too much for a team to handle and when it starts becoming counterproductive? What are the measures and what are the signs so that a leader can watch out for those? Well, um, you, you and one of the key roles of a CIO is to work with the organization, the company as a whole, um, in terms of prioritization of work. It's easy to see um, when the team is stretched so much that um, they're becoming fatigued. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of overtime. They start maybe making mistakes that they hadn't hadn't previously. Uh, you need to keep your finger on, on that and really work with your management team on, on constantly assessing what is that workload. We as CIOs are, are really paid to get as much out of our resources as, as we possibly can. But when we get stretched or when our teams get stretched, <clears throat> it's usually quality that is is the first sign of of uh, being overloaded. And so the quality of the end products uh, begin to diminish. And um, that, that to me is probably the, the biggest indicator that we need to, to back off just a bit because 
we we are measured. I I really measure the success of my team, um, not not on how much we're producing, but what is the quality of the end product, and, and more importantly, I think how well is that product being um, absorbed by the organization. If we just keep putting out new systems and uh, uh, the the company and our customers cannot absorb that pace of change, then really, what good are we doing? So I, I think it's a balance of looking at your people and and really their fatigue factor, but also the company and can how are they reacting to the pace of change? So the servant leadership mantra that, uh, Terry, you uh, mentioned and you even follow that, do you think that also evangelizes that if we were to check what's the true potential of the team, we have to ask the team and see how, how, farther, how much farther can you go and are there to support you, or we determine through the signs which are not verbal signs? I think it's really both because, I mean, obviously you have to build a team with, make sure that it's with people of different um, diversity just so that you're balancing um, strengths and weaknesses of your team and making sure that you're putting people together that, you know, that can, you know, pick up the slack for um, their particular expertise area. So uh, if you are looking at uh, a situation where you have a number of people who want to do the best they can, they perhaps may have been provided the tools, but things are not happening. How would you go about diagnosing where the problem is? Is, is the leader the problem? Is there, are there too many things there or it's not being structured right? Because end results are not getting delivered to uh, an, a joint satisfaction of the team itself. Yeah, and, and I think, and one of the things, especially since we're in the IT field, and one of the big things that I, I believe in many of my projects is we've, we always insist on that, like, like an IV and V or a quality assurance, and is that taking that periodic snapshot of the project and, and really doing an assessment of all areas so that everyone on the team can actually learn from you know, where, where the strengths and where the weaknesses are, and then that way you can make the adjustments that you need to do for the project. Let's take a quick break. Listeners, we'll be right back. And, Bill, when we come back, let's look at what is the right time and the right approach to take a step back. What am I doing when I'm stepping back, and how do I know what, what I'm looking at? It's not at that level of abstraction where some things which are the reality-based things are not getting fuzzy and I'm not losing connection with what really is the end goal and what needs to happen. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. 
You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, Will, when we are indeed taking a step back, what are we, what are we trying to do? What is that uh, phase of us leaning back? Well, personally, uh, when when I am I am leaning back, I'm really focusing on on delegating more responsibility to to my directs and my management team. So I'm I'm less visible in meetings. I am. Uh, when I'm when I'm in meetings, uh, it's I'm less opinionated. So uh, I am looking for them to take those leadership opportunities and, and move with them. Um, and I think this has multiple benefits. Number one, it, it builds obviously the stronger management team. It, it shows them that uh, they have my support, and it allows me to assess, you know, what, what is the cadence, what is the speed, how, how hard are they pushing, and going back to that word balance, um, how, how well are they, are they balancing the work? Because, again, we're, we're not saying when we're leaning back that work is slowing down and we're not motivated. We're just trying to gauge gauge the pace, and uh, and so when I lean back, I'm relying on my directs to to show more more evident leadership. They're always leading, but I want them to be uh, at the forefront, and I will be operating on the back plane. So Terry, I could go to a, a coffee place and sit down and contemplate and and come up with those uh, thoughts, etc. Do you think, in order for these things to be effective, do we need to put things on paper in form of a mental model or a map or something which will allow us to really see things in 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 visual sense, and then we will be able to do? Because a lot of people say, okay, I, I listen to this show. I'm going to take a break from my work. I'm very charged up. I'm going to start leaning back and start thinking. But then after some time, they get an email and they charge right back in and start the same old, same old. Yep, it's that, it's that um, trap that we all fall into. But I, I think that periodic step back and putting fresh perspective on things, whether, again, even if it's a um, – reassessing what the priorities are and, and especially in, in, and I work in a government setting and, you know, with the change of administrations, you know, there's a whole new surge in energy of new projects. And so we, we, we always have to do that because we need to go look at reassess the projects that we're working on and, and lining up priorities. But I think you can say the same thing even from your career because you as a leader, you also need to periodically be looking at your performance and whether, you know, you're in the right situation or, or using the right leadership style um, depending on your changing team. 
Now, Bill, you did mention that when you lean back, then you try to see how you can delegate it effectively to other people. But that doesn't allow those direct reports to lean back either. It's actually making them leaning even more because their boss wants to lean back. Correct. And and so again, leading leading by example when when I'm leaning back and, and when I really feel the need to. What what it means to me is that I'm less I'm less focused on the tactical, and I am consciously making an effort to carve out time um, to be more to to focus on strategic, to really give myself uh, personal projects that I can work on. And so during during those times, I even block out a, a full day, which is you know very very hard to do. You have to plan for it a little bit in advance. It, it can't be purely spontaneous, but take a day and be able to you know focus on strategic thinking um, to be able to to take a little training, which is you know unheard of from CIOs to really stay abreast of of do do just some reading on the web in terms of new technologies, things like that, which uh, are, are showing by example to, to my leadership team, this is a way that you can, can really disconnect, but still um, you know, be, be efficient and productive. These, these are things we need to do, but often get pushed to the rear uh, because we're, we're so focused on, on delivery, delivery, delivery. So um, that's, uh, I, I hear what you're saying about the delegation to, to my people, but if they can see me having a day on my calendar where all that I am doing is is looking at our five year plan and and um, adding some depth to it or or refamiliarizing myself with with some technology that that is what I encourage them to do when they're stepping back. So Terry, how difficult or uh, yeah, th- that's the word I would use here. When you on one hand are uh, being pushed by the management who you report to, to lean in because they have their agendas. And on the other hand, you are expected to create an environment where you yourself are leaning back and also teaching others by example and creating that uh, culture. I, I, I agree. That, I mean, a lot of it is even when we're focusing more on the strategy and um, more of the relationships. Um, actually, by and using the word delegating, but delegating to staff, it actually helps them to actually perform better. I mean, when we give them more opportunities to actually take more of the role for the operational thing, I mean, ultimately, it's a good thing for the whole team. So I, and I I agree too that you know even we need to step back and take make sure there's time for us for training and other things but it's also reinforcing that with um, your direct reports and teams too that it's an expectation that you have that you know how that's a priority how to, how they need to schedule in that time also for that continual development of themselves. So would you say, Bill, that you will have to do some preparatory work, some coaching, some mentoring, and bring your team to a level 
where when you say, I'm going to lean back, you hold the fort, or you lean back and have your other people be groomed by you, Mr. Lieutenant, that then you can hold the fort and it goes down the chain of command. Would you think that it is, we are at a level of maturity across multiple organizations where it just, you know, works as seamlessly? I, I think there's coaching uh, that's definitely involved. And you you need to be monitoring your your directs and your directs need to be monitoring their management team to ensure that they understand what leaning back is and what effective delegation is um and and so it it doesn't happen organically when you just say i hey i'm going to take a back seat on this uh it's yours to run with um i agree with teresa i think they appreciate when when this occurs uh they they appreciate having that that responsibility and accountability and and it really builds them but but you have to also coach them very much when that occurs that they as well need then to to delegate and they need to pick their opportunities to lean back when we say leaning back leaning back doesn't mean going on a a six-month hiatus and and doing something else it it just means looking for those, those opportunities where you'll be the passenger rather than the driver so, Terry, when you look at your uh, organization and perhaps the experience that you've had as a professional and now as a CIO, looking back, what are some of the mistakes you might have made and or you've seen other people make when they were trying to manage, of course, the best of their capabilities, and where did they fall short of leaning back and what were the repercussions? Well, I think sometimes... Um, and I think it's just human nature that we we want to do everything and please everyone, and so we forget about prioritizing things and and really being realistic about what we can deliver. And so I've seen that a lot, um, especially in the IT field, that we over over promise things. Um, so that that's the you know that's constantly um, and not not being in tune with what what's really the important things that need to be done. So we spend a lot of time on things that really don't matter. And so that, that to me is really is getting your team to really understand, you know, not, you know, the 80-20 rule, what are the things that really matter to the organization and, and just to focus your time on that. Where is the trap here, though, Bill? I mean, based on what Terry said, it's very, very obvious that in many cases it does happen. But why? Where, where, what's the root cause of something like this happening over and over again? Even though you try to fix it, it comes right back. There's a relapse. Right. And I think it's around the performing your role, again, as a leader and executive working with your colleagues uh, within the business, on that prioritization and the trap we fall into is you know just adding one more thing there's uh so the team's working effectively we've got a number of key projects but can we do one more thing and and its priority is equal to everything else we're working on that's that's the trap is is the the one one additional thing the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back we as leaders have to to be strong and, and just say, 
no, no, we we can't do that now. And if if this is higher priority than something else, let's put something else in park and and let's focus our attention on this new thing and um, always in the context of, of the business and what's Im- important to the business. So that's how we as leaders need to avoid that trap. And and the other thing that uh, Teresa touched on was, was the 80-20. I like to call the uh, the miscellaneous things that we do, which are you know, sort of, sort of the nice to have the you know modifications, the enhancements to systems, uh, looking toward the next release. I like to refer to that as turgid mush that really doesn't have the impact to the you know the 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 big impact to the company. It's just something we we do because we've done it you know through throughout our time and we have resources. So let's enhance systems. Well. You know that doesn't always provide the value, and what it does is just create more work for IT. So we're always trying to look at, at what is that turgid mush and uh, and minimize it as much as we can. Now let's take a first of all a quick break, and Terry, when we come back, uh, let's look at a situation where there might be an imbalance. So you leaned in, you saw things happening, you lean back. And then you try to percolate, to make that culture be created and or uh, become pervasive within your organization. But then other people might misunderstand it, and they would go to either extremes. Either they would really lean in and burn themselves out, or they would coast, or they will, you know, tilt towards coasting. And and then you say my productivity is suffering, and then you have to reset expectations. What do you do on a regular basis that is leaning back to you know? go farther uh, philosophy is not misunderstood as not abused please stay tuned listeners we'll be right back hp is proud to sponsor this program tap into our expertise innovation and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So whenever we try to make any change within an organization, it could have its own flavors that might be interpreted or misinterpreted or abused. So Terry, when we look at leaning back and in order to get more, in what all different flavors have you seen that being interpreted and or abused and or uh, optimized and taken to the next level? 
Okay. Um, I think really when we keep talking about leaning in and, and leaning back, I, I think even in, in a regular work environment, we're leaning in and leaning back, even depending on the project or even the group or the team. Um, so, I mean, because leadership to me is all about just understanding what's needed at that time. So I think there's times where you're leaning back and you're letting that team go forward and you're focusing on strategic things. They get a little lost, so, you know, you need to come back into the picture. But it's always, um, you know, and, and, you know, we always talk about measuring um, success of projects and, and, you know, looking at metrics. I mean, I, I think you, even though you're leaning back and you're focusing on something else or, intern, you know, your own um, development, but you you can't keep you can't let your eye off of of what's going on. So you, and so the being adaptive and making sure you're really still looking, and your direct reports and whatever feedback mechanisms that you have in place to make sure everyone is heading in the right direction. But you you can't say just because you're leaning back that you're still not engaged. So, Bill, this is interesting where uh, many people who take pride in say that I lead by walking around and also I lead by results. And when they say that, it is in many cases a cover-up for someone who's going to say to their team, I need these results by this time no matter what. Or it could be perceived that way. So right. when I walk around, that's one thing and say, hey, how are things going with a cup of coffee? I remember that movie a uh, long time back. It's an office, right? A person <laughs> walking with a coffee. So that's also could be seen as managing by walking around, but it was least effective. And then you try to get results no matter what is going on in the life and uh, you know whatever the person is dealing with, but you, you go there. So this could be a distorted approach to saying, I'm going to lean back and let my people be, I become the servant leader, I'll ask them what's going on, but but this is distortion, and a lot of this distortion exists. Agreed, agreed, and I really think, Sanjog, that it it's about creating a, a culture with within your organization, and it's a culture of managers, um, directors, uh, being comfortable say coming forward and saying, you know, I don't think that we can meet these dates rather than just creating an environment that, that is a, a death march toward a, uh, you know, toward an unrealistic milestone. So you have to create and invite that, that culture where, where it's open communication and collectively working toward the right solution. It's not to say that we aren't going to have aggressive milestones and we aren't going to to move forward, but uh, you know, um, managing by by walking around, I think that you know that's that that's fine. That uh, shows that you're you're engaged and and know maybe you know are aware of what's going on, but you also have to have the culture of being adaptable and you have to have the strength of a CIO to go forward back to the business and and explain that you know we we set these dates we may have to to slip some of these dates, but again in the end it's going to be. Uh, in the interest of creating a quality product and also 
preserving um, your workforce. And we just cannot create these artificial dates that that always create this anxiety and um, and, and overtime and stress on, on our groups. So if if uh, Terry, you had to go back and say if uh, and in fact we got a tweet from Karen Geraldo. Uh, she's one of our listeners, and she says that there are two kinds of peeps: those who do the work and those who take credit. <laughs> Being the first group, and there is less competition there. So now, with with this as a tweet, that means there is another subculture percolating where you might be saying, okay, you guys lean back, some people lean in, but then people who are leaning back might actually be saying, okay, let the other people lean in and do the job, and I'm going to enjoy my two weeks vacation to Hawaii. <laughs> what I, do you do about that? I mean, is, is that subculture very well recognizable? Do you think people are... Uh, are going to that degree, and it can very well be happening right under the nose of a leader, and who might be thinking, "I've got my eye on, like, in a finger on the pulse of this whole organization." Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, when you're, when you're leaning, leaning back, and I, I don't know. I just don't, don't agree with that. That it's um, that people are looking that you're taking a vacation. You're, you're leaning back, and you're letting other people. You know, take the reins and 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 push the team and move forward. So actually, actually, Terry, let me clarify. This okay. is actually about a subculture within your team. So you are teaching and building a culture of leaning back. Uh-huh. But there are people who within your team might fall into two camps. One is that who actually do the work, lean in, and actually get the job done. Mm-hmm. Others are saying, "I'm leaning back. I'm doing strategic thinking or whatever," but they may not take the credit. They they may want to take the credit, mm-hmm. saying that I'm being a strategic thinker, and those are the people who sometimes get promoted to become a manager. But that's injustice to the person who performed, and we tried to justify it as someone who was being a leader. And this is not you; it is people under you, a, a, a subculture existing within your organization. How yeah. much of truth is there to it in in the in the experience that you have? I'm sure maybe it's not in your organization currently, but have you heard about this? Well, I, I mean, I you always know that there's some there's always higher performers and in groups and people that are just coasting along. And um, I mean, you you have to to recognize that and and really hold people accountable for for their work, but. Yeah, I mean, I I see that that people that just you know take credit for what the team has done and they really haven't contributed. And so, Bill, what would you do to handle such situations? Because this is not unknown. This is not first time I've heard it. Mm-hmm. Certainly, uh, I think one way to get around it, you know, each each incident would be unique and and probably handled uh, based upon the individual in the situation. But I think one way to clearly identify the the coasters um, because they may not always be uh, directly evident to a or a manager or a manager may be ignoring the situation uh, is is really to involve the entire management team on on assessing individuals and, and doing that frequently and and it, it can be you know just more informally, where uh, once a quarter you're getting together and you're you're talking about the teams, etc. Because I think sometimes you know managers who are really have deadlines and and um, are on projects which are at at those critical points, 
they're they're laser focused on delivery and and they're going to be giving work to their you know some of their best performers the ones who who can churn out the work they may lose sight of the individuals who are coasting but those individuals may be more evident to to other managers and so getting that uh really the the opinions of the full management team i think help to identify the coasters and uh and then you know you, like i say you you have to take action based upon the circumstances you you will always you will always have coasters and and the the goal of a strong management team is to try really to to ferret those individuals out you leaning back does not mean you get to lean back throughout your entire career Tony, think about a few instances where you did take your like two hour sabbatical if you will or a short break and tried to think strategically can you recall any substantial uh, measurable improvements or, or things that you brought back? Yeah, I, I think and even even taking the time to go to, um, you know, training sessions or, or speeches or whatever. I, I mean, to me personally, it's always an energizer. So I always then come back and then share, share with the team that enthusiasm and, and the things you learn, so... So you see it, so you say, why don't you guys do it? And and then when they try to do it, they don't find any value in it or there are no ways for them to say, what am I going to do besides going to a training session where I'm taking a step back and trying to look at the whole picture in my own tiny universe, which might be within your organization somewhere? How, how do they uh, believe that this being done and having them get uh, basically as an end result a quantifiable improvement? Is because that's what that's what's going to build the culture. So, Bill, I'm going to come to you for this. Do you think there is some statistics, some metrics, some results that you could say when you did it, you got some results out of it? When you found your lieutenants doing it, they were able to get it for their respective teams. So that there is something which creates a belief system within your organization in the first place. And then for our listeners who might be listening and saying, okay, this is great talk, but what what came out of all this? How do I? Yes. <laughs> How do I know it? What, what is the metric that tells me that we're, you know, we're, we're being successful in this? That that's tough. I don't know that um, I can put my finger on a single. We all we always want to manage by metrics, but I in this case, I don't know that um, that I could pinpoint one because, as, as we're saying, you're you're leaning in, you're leaning back, and. It becomes a good managers have have the feel as to when do I need to push, when do I need to take my my foot off the gas, and that becomes something that's more intuition. It's it's all about it's all about people, and it's very hard to put um, metrics around behaviors of people and telling us. You know, how, when I'm leaning back, how do I know that it's uh, more successful for the group, for the group as a whole? Um, I, I dancing around the question because I don't know how to answer it other than it becomes a matter of feel that uh, managers through experience develop. 
So like anything else, this could be a change management issue where you're trying to build this culture. So we'll take a quick break. Uh, listeners will be right back. And Terry, when, when we do come back, uh, let's talk about that if this has to be created as a change within organization for the betterment of everyone involved, should it be voluntary? What would be an approach that will be taken so that people are essentially doing this for their own benefit and to some extent you have to cradle them or you know hold the seat of their bicycle while they're learning how to ride and so this becomes a normal behavioral pattern and when they see some success then they adopt it and embrace it and then you're successful in what you started with as an initiative what would that look like as a change management what steps would someone take as a leader in your level at your level to make this happen please stay tuned listeners we'll be right back The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, Terry, how about taking it as a change management initiative? You are a $1,000 per hour consultant to a company, and you're helping them figure out how do you make the rest of the organization become a lean back to get more type of a culture how would you and, um and i i think the the most important part is not um mandating things and it's really working with that um person to find out what are the the right things that will help them to lean back so instead of mandating that you're going to have to go to a certain amount of training it's really working with them to figure out what what are the things that they need in in there. So it's really, um, I mean, and leading by example, we talked about that earlier too. I mean, they have to see that you're doing that. Um, I had a manager once who who required us. I mean, it was that was mandatory. But what we did um, is really is about how to get more in tune with the business area. Um, we were we had to go and and do a field trip and, and find the place. But it wasn't mandatory where we went, but it's what was relevant to what we were working on and we needed to come back. So it was that encouragement that you needed to do it, but also that, you know, we saw that our manager was doing all those things too. So I think we can't ever really say it has to be done, but we have to create an environment where they see that they're allowed to take that time away from that operational work and continue to do some more development. Bill, do you think with the size of your staff, I'm sure it is sizable and it's a large staff, 
you could really identify those individuals sitting at the top uh, and then go work with them or maybe have a mechanism that's put in place where those people are identified, they are specifically taken through this cradling process, if you will, and then get them at the right level and not mandating it. Let it be, um, you know, they, they should embrace change versus a change is pushed on them. That's very well said by Terry. But how do you do, how do, you do that when you're sitting in the ivory tower? And of course, you're walking around too, but you do not just kind of uh, sense an individual or a group of people who have this issue and you need to help them fix. Well, and I think that it's, uh, again, addressed early in individuals' management careers is uh, is probably when it's most effective because new managers will uh, feel that they are focused, uh, that they're really being graded on on work output and um, being being new into management or new into your organization uh, may feel that I need to push my group. That's how I am going to be able to advance my career and and meet my career aspirations. And and those are the ones that you really need to be hands on with, and and you need you need to work with, and you need to encourage them that it is okay to say no, and that they're probably one of their most important responsibilities as a manager and as a leader is to is really to gauge the workload and and to gauge their team. Um, and that they have a voice in it. They they can set dates. Many many new managers, or as I say, uh, new management into the company, feel that uh, dates are are dictated and that they have no voice in that. And that's that's the first thing that I want to counsel them on is that yes, dates are always thrown out whenever we begin talking about projects and what the desires of our our customers are but really that managers even at the lowest level have a voice and control of of those dates so you have to give them and make them feel that they have they have that voice and what that means then is that there's a degree of accountability with them and with their teams over meeting those deadlines. Now, I remember, Terry, your first response was about balance. And mm-hmm. we did speak about these new managers or people who may be type A's who always want to lean in, and you're coaching them to create a balance. And then, then there are others, as we discussed a little bit in the past, is where they may be abusing the system. So let's keep those type of people aside. Then there may be other people who may be maybe thinking way too much and and the productivity is getting lost because that might be an analysis paralysis situation. You need that thinking, but maybe there's overthinking going on. And so how do you get these two sets of different extremes or, or you know, extreme behaviors, I would say, and bring them to a common uh, platform so that you have relatively a balanced, like I'm in, in quotes, balanced approach is created because they will see each other and they might get different messages because they are at the same level. You're coming from the top and coaching either party in a different way. I, and actually, I I love when a team has that diverse. <laughs> and because sometimes there's, it, depending on where you are, sometimes you need those people who just think, 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 but you balance them 
on your team with people who are more practical. And, and to me, that's a great time to pull the team together and just um, cut through the, you know, to go through and say, okay, let's go through the list. What are the risks here? And, you know, just to get the team to work together to come up with how do you get out of that. But I've seen many projects like that where, I mean, you just feel like you're just in this complete, complete circle because you can't make a decision. But, but just um, pulling the strengths of, of that, that type of thinking, you know, with other people and really just getting people to focus on um, what are the true risk of the project and, and, you know, walking out with making decisions. Bill, what you don't see, you cannot really improve. So how do you know you have the, that pipeline or, or that grapevine or whatever way you get the feedback about what's going on in the trenches so that you can engage at an appropriate level or get some of your lieutenants engaged so that it is solved? Because there could be pockets where this might be going on even today. But if you don't come to know, then God bless us all. Uh, absolutely. Now, uh, I encourage with my management team that there are – uh, really skip meetings where, again, we're, we're, it's directors who are meeting with their staff. The managers aren't included, and these aren't formal. These are, these are informal. Take, take uh, individuals to lunch. I, I do the same thing with, with my managers and occasionally, you know, even staff and, and get groups just to get that feedback and, and trying to create a culture where it is open communication because, you know, I think that teams, really effective teams, will sort of police themselves. So coasters won't be allowed to to coast all the time. Yes, they'll be able to uh, lean back and, and going back to the two-week vacation. Those are, are things that will be accepted because the, the team hopefully knows that this individual has contributed, has worked hard, you know, is deserving of a vacation, has planned for this, even though it may, need, may be at a, you know, not the best time for a project, but um, that the, we we really, I really want teams to to really be teams and and to to act like teams, and then you don't have the individuals who are are you know overly focused on on their personal goals um, and uh, counterbalanced by the individuals who aren't pulling their weight. So, I think if there's good communication through the manager management ranks and the ability to To skip a level and just have those um, informal discussions that it goes a long way to maybe identifying areas where otherwise there might be blind spots okay, fifteen seconds each Bill, which is the one top to do to build that uh, effective balance for leaning taking leaning back to get more, and what is the top not to do and then i 'll come to Terry okay uh, top to do is to be sure that you are are looking at at your schedule and you're looking at the priorities of your team and assessing whether you you have that right balance i mean going going back to the balance word and the thing not to do is just to constantly be making the endless lists uh, of, of everything you want to accomplish. Yes, you, you have to have a list that you're executing to, 
but how many of us are are really making lists that are achievable? So don't just be continually adding, be focusing on prioritizing your work. Terry, 15 seconds. Okay, and, and I'm very similar. I, I, I mean, to me, the top is really all its communications and setting a clear vision of what your expectations are and what's important. So what not to do is then to continually be asking and, you know, leading by example, but then asking all about the things that you just said were not important. So I think it's just really communications is very key. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you both, uh, Terry and Bill, for sharing your thoughts on this very important topic of how uh, anyone in, a, in an organization, including leader, could lean back and eventually get a lot more done and achieve a lot more. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and please be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid.